May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today marks the last Sunday of the church calendar. Next week, Advent starts, and our church year begins afresh with all of its Episcopal traditions, the lighting of the Advent wreath, a whole new set of readings, new hymns, things we haven't heard since this time last year. Of course, the approach of Advent paired with Thanksgiving in the rearview mirror means that another fine Episcopal tradition begins. That is a series of great debates on how the season of Advent should be celebrated. Do you put up your Christmas decorations on the same day you pack up your pumpkins? Or do you wait until the weekend after Thanksgiving? Or are you among the uber orthodox traditionalists that wait until Christmas Eve to hang your ornaments just as the baby Jesus intended? <laughs> There are other debates as well, among them the true meaning of the season of Advent. There are some that celebrate it as a little Lent, a season of penitence in which we confess our sins and deny ourselves small pleasures in order to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. Some hold Advent as a time for seeking peace amidst the chaos, seeking light in the darkness. Around here at Christ Church, we tend to lean toward the joyful expectation tradition of Advent, living into the not yet and already. That is, we know that Jesus has already been born and lived and died and resurrected, so we spend this season joyfully knowing that we are forgiven, loved, and freed but we also call to mind the duty we have as Christians to prepare our hearts and our minds and our lives for the Messiah's return, already and not yet. In the midst of the season of the great debates, I saw a meme, a cartoon on social media the other day. It's one that makes the rounds fairly regularly this time of year. It's mildly clever. But I like it because I like anything that makes me stop my scrolling and think for just a minute about what I'm looking at. The meme is four decorated frames, and each one has a word in the middle. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. The frames themselves are decorated with medieval skeletons dancing and playing instruments. And the caption says, I see some people have started to decorate for Advent, so I wanted to help. Download, print, and hang around your house. <laughs> Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. These are known in Christian theology as the four last things, or the four final stages of the human soul. Traditionally, the sermons preached on the four Sundays of Advent were each preached on one of these topics. 
In that way, you would not need to worry about accidentally getting into the Christmas spirit too early. <laughs> but if I'm being honest, this feels like a lot to handle when I'm just trying to decide whether I will wrestle the Christmas tree this weekend or next weekend. But it also feels like a lot to handle when local and national and international news feels packed with at least three of the four every day. We're surrounded, it feels, by death and judgment and hell. So maybe in church we can do something different? Maybe? But this morning's gospel here on this Christ the King Sunday, this last Sunday of the church year, this gospel is not going to let us off the hook that easily. Death and judgment and heaven and hell are all contained therein this morning, and we aren't even into Advent until next week. This is the last of our string of texts from Matthew before we start our new year next week with Mark. These last few weeks have presented us with difficult parables that stretch our theological imagination about the kingdom of God. Throughout his gospel, Matthew seems almost desperate to portray the kingdom of God for us. He uses the kingdom of heaven as his central theme. And in fact, the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, occurs only in Matthew. The others use the kingdom of God. And Matthew uses this phrase, the kingdom of heaven, over 30 times in his gospel. We've heard it in the last few weeks with the weddings and the bridesmaids and the landowner. The kingdom of heaven is a complicated place where human social rules are sidelined in favor of God's justice and mercy, which upturn everything. We can be forgiven for making the mistake of believing that this morning's parabolic text about death and judgment and heaven and hell is about the work that we do for inadvertently thinking that our pathway to heaven is bought and paid for with the good deeds of cups of water and prison visits done for the least of these. While good deeds are generally a good start, they're not the point of this reading. Matthew is summing up all of Jesus's kingdom parables in this section, reminding us that the kingdom of heaven is not a set of tasks, it's a way of life. The kingdom of heaven is a way of life, a whole life, an integrated, complete life. Throughout Matthew's gospel, the voice of Jesus tells us that once we have allowed ourselves to see the face of God in the stranger, whether that stranger is a prisoner or a visitor to our food pantry or a politician, we cannot unsee it. We are changed, and the kingdom is at hand. 
once we understand that judgment is not ours to meet out, our hearts can begin to accept that every single person is created by God in the image of God, every single one. And we are changed and the kingdom is at hand. And once we know that heaven is indeed possible, once we have witnessed with our own eyes the changes we can affect in the world with God before us and behind us and beside us, we will do our level best to eradicate all of the shadows of hell that prevent human flourishing. We will no longer allow hell to reign and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This morning, we are celebrating baptisms again. <laughs> this is the second time this month we've baptized children in this congregation, and we will do it again in the beginning of January for a grand total of 15 children welcomed into the body of Christ in three months. Now, I don't emphasize that number in order to diminish the importance of this day for our individual baptisans because for each child, this is the beginning of a wonderful journey that will be different and marvelous for each of them. But I want you all, friends and family and congregants, to recognize that with each baptism we celebrate in this community, our job as Christians in community gets bigger. It's a privilege, my friends, to have the bragging rights of a growing family of faith in a time when Christianity appears to be shrinking. But with that great privilege comes great responsibility. Because we have in that responsibility, we need to make room for all these new members in our traditions and in our pews and in our thought patterns and in our liturgy and in our budgets. We all have responsibility to nurture these new members in our growing church with our time and our talent and our treasure. So if you have come here this morning or any Sunday morning only for yourself, you have missed the point. We all share in the responsibility of showing up for each other. For those who have been here for decades, for those who have just arrived, in order that we might continue to practice recognizing Christ in each other, a great and holy privilege. Death and judgment and heaven and hell. While the reindeer are prancing around in the mall and Mariah Carey is warbling her Christmas desires at us, it is really tempting to pack up this quartet of theological concepts and put them in the closet and shut the door. They are not the only theology we study, but they are part of who we are in Advent, in Christmas, in Epiphany and beyond. The way we wrestle with and act on these beliefs defines the kind of Christians we will be individually and in community. And so we hold these last four things 
alongside the other theological principles we also hold dear. Eternal life, abundant love, boundless grace. And so I encourage you this Advent and beyond to strive to die to ways of living that do not give life to others. To judge yourself and everyone you meet as equally worthy of love and acceptance. And to be prepared to welcome the kingdom of heaven so that the shadows of hell find no purchase here on earth. Amen.